Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be recapping the season finale uh, uh, match against Rochester, uh, a loss on the road. Uh, we're going to give out our end-of-year team awards. We're going to preview the first-round playoff match against Charleston. We're going to talk about everything in the Eastern Conference playoffs that uh, you could wrap your head around and maybe give some predictions. We're going to answer your questions. And, uh, yeah, uh, that, that that about runs the gamut of it. <laughs> I said it like we had another thing, but that that is the end. Um, tonight, joining me, as always, we've got Mr. Bill Toomey of Bill T. Uh, oh, no, not of Bill T and J. What do, why do I keep doing that? Why can't I separate you? <laughs> I don't from, know. You said it on Sunday. I know. It, it. It's the worst. Uh, Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Mr. Bill. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. I feel a little bit better now since we've secured a, a playoff spot. How are you doing? Uh, I am also doing well. I uh, thankfully uh, did not lose my mind this weekend. I think <laughs> being at that Atlanta match was a little crazy, a little uh, maddening at times, even though probably a, a good result uh, for the senior team. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it was okay. And you got some fantastic shots of that match, by the way. Thanks. And, w- and we got to see Anthony. Everybody was in the house. So, uh... Woohoo! Anthony's presence. Oh, there. I hear him. <laughs> it, I was almost sure we were, that that the uh, the Red Bulls were going to lose that game because Anthony was there, but <laughs> alas, they did not. And seems uh, to be true. Did spoiler. they lose last time I was there? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Maybe not. No, they just oh. drew. They drew. It was the DC match. Okay. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that guy. Spoiler alert. Joining me tonight, NYC Soccer World's own Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. How are you? I'm doing great. The Yankees just tied the series. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, by the way. By the way, the Red Bulls and Red Bull 2 are also in the playoffs. Yay. Woo! Which means I won the bet this year, Anthony. You did. Uh, we will we'll work on uh, you paying up <laughs> in another episode. We won't do that tonight. I I need cynical Anthony tonight. Next time we you can need uh, it. I need it. <laughs> Next time. I think we all need. I think until uh, or at the very least until this team is out of it. Um, we we need cynical Anthony for both first teams. Uh, all right. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, if you say so. Fair. Okay. Fair uh, speaking of cynical, you should you should hear me talk about NYCFC. <laughs> oh boy, I know. <laughs> That's your team. Uh, let's, what? Let's talk about a different New York rival, and that is the Rochester Rhinos. Uh, I, I Initially, upon looking at this match, I was like, okay, they're going to rotate the roster. They did not really. Uh, the biggest change uh, was the inclusion of Andrew Lombard, uh, who got his first minutes of the season. Uh, somewhat limited, but still, you know, uh, an okay showing. But uh, not, not a great result for the Red Bulls. They were kind of pinned back a lot of the match. Midfield was basically taken out out of the game from the start. Uh, Ro- Rochester does what Rochester does. They sat back. They countered very effectively. They really worked the wings. They they were were very much testing out uh, Hassan and Dom and Jordan Scarlett in the air, uh, which was not a bad choice. Obviously, uh, it paid off with their first goal in the thirty fifth minute. Uh, Francois gets loose on the right side. Graf. Uh, is shoulder to shoulder with Endam. He peels off of him directly in front of him. Endam does not move with him at all, and uh, it, it, it's an easy header 
Uh, and it's the kind of thing that has uh, plagued the team all year. It was very, very difficult for for me as a fan watching that because, you know, how many games <laughs> will you see these kinds of mistakes from this team? I'm I'm waiting for you to pass the ball on this one because I'm ready to go. Go for it. Oh, go man. Ahead. Oh, man. This team – oh, God, the defense on this team. It is – at this point – if it's in the midfield approaching the top of the box, I don't feel I feel a bit confident that they can at least get the ball back or clear the ball. If it's across end of the box or or someone manages to walk the ball into the box or run the ball into the box, it's a complete mess. It is everything breaks down. It's it's chaos and it's th- this team doesn't know how to handle it. Um it's either ball watching or it's take the most extreme tactic possible, whether that's um, a diving slide or uh, anything at all. They, um, they do not know how to handle the, the ball defensively or handle the offense defensively um, in their own box. And, that, and that's been something that's very apparent this season, particularly in the late part um, of the year. I think speci- very frustrating. Specifically uh, against attackers that are crafty in their movement in the box, right? Uh, because... A lot of times with the with with the league in general in USL, you don't have guys who are necessarily uh, smart about how they move around as as the play is setting up. Um, so when you come across a team uh, like Rochester, which is very good in these situations, and you see that happen, it, it's definitely a worrying sign, especially with uh, who they're going to be playing this coming week. Uh, I don't necessarily think that every time they that someone crossed into the box, it's problematic. But certainly if it's coming from um, the left side of the defense, uh, because Jordan, I don't think, is great in the air. I think he's much better with the the ball on the ground. Uh, And he's just a little bit shorter uh, than Hassan. And it's easier to to beat him. And while I think uh, Hassan can be very good at playing the ball in the air, he's not good at tracking runners at all. We saw that. Uh, both goals in this game, and it's gonna it's gonna continue to bite them. Bill, uh, what do you think? Is that is that the the Achilles' heel? Is it just that um, you know maybe uh, Andrew Lombard not stepping up uh, to what we've seen from you know Noah or uh, David Wayne's played on that side? I don't even know if we can really put all the the blame on him. I mean, most of the game, it looked like everybody was just <laughs> was kind of ball watching a little bit, and we almost had a third goal uh, goal score too in the seventy second minute, where the mm-hmm. ball was just kind of hanging out there on the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it was really just like an awful game defensively overall. It's really uh, there's no one I can blame individually. Yeah, you know, I, I think to some degree, uh, this was the team looking like okay, we've qualified for the playoffs. Let's take a breather, maybe. But, you know, I, I never like uh, the teams I root for uh, to kind of take that game off knowing that they've they've qualified because I want them to stay at, you know, the highest level possible. On the plus but side this, of things... This isn't, oh, it didn't look like they, like they took uh, a tremendous amount of time off in this game. It, 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 this is the kind of thing that we've seen from them of late. You know, that Orlando game was no different. They were really bad when the ball got into the box. Against Tampa Bay, the same thing. They were coughing up the ball in key areas. 
What, um, once the it, personnel it, it, started yeah. to change on the field in the in the Orlando game, for sure, uh, and Tampa Bay. Wait, what do you yeah. mean? No, it happened early too. The one of the early goals was because of a cough up uh, at the top. You know, not at the top of the box, but um, deep within their own field. Uh, you know, their own half of the field. They th- this team loses concentration at moments when it shouldn't. I don't even. It's not a talent thing. This team just seems to lose focus and. Despite how much probably John Wolnick breathes down their neck, uh, this particular group of guys just seems to lose that focus at times when they should not, especially when the game is not necessarily decided yet. I guess I could see some of that. Uh, going back to the Orlando game, that first goal they coughed up, uh, some of that can be attributed to a foul that should have been called. Uh, because Cutler was was somewhat injured and trying to run back. I don't think that was a concentration thing. The numbers were Do four. not blame referees. I didn't blame referees. A foul that wasn't called, that's blaming a referee. No. A foul that wasn't called. I said... You said, well, you know, I'm, I'm blaming a bit on a foul that wasn't called. That's right. I didn't say the referee that's is blaming blame. referees. No. Who didn't call the foul? The referee. Ethan Cutler was... Unable to run after he was kicked. Bill, Bill, if I tell you that part of that was because a foul wasn't called, am I blaming a referee? Uh, partially, yes. There you go. Bill's with me on this one. That's fine. I'll, I'll stay on the island. Uh, but that's not the team falling asleep. That's I, I, them not covering for well, someone who got kicked. Anyway. That part, yes, but but there are other moments where this team seems to do that where they didn't. I, and I think Joe, I Joe, you and that. I actually, I do agree. You and that. I talked about this a little bit um, at the uh, Atlanta game, and I don't remember if we've ever talked about it on this podcast. One of the things that I said that this team has lacked all year is the veteran leadership that Ryan Mara brought to the mm-hmm. team, a calming voice, not just for the defense, but I think entirely in this team. I'm not saying that there needs to be an MLS quality guy that needs to be sent down to calm everybody down. But I think that maybe they could use a quote-unquote USL veteran, not David Abador, that um, can really get them uh, uh, get them focused at times or at least be the cheerleader and, and that leader um, to help guide them in their development. I agree with that. I th- we Yes, we did talk about that at the game. We did not talk about it on the podcast before. Uh, they need a defensive leader. I, I think that you know further up the field, they don't really have those problems in terms of, of switching off, and, and they can get away with some of their uh, youthful inexperience or naivety uh, in the way that they approach things. But in the back, you absolutely can't, and you do need someone. Uh, yes, last year you had Ryan Mara, but I also think Aaron Long was a big part of that. And uh, to some degree, Zach Carroll, they were they were both very, very vocal, uh, very focused. They made sure that everybody was locked in. And yes, you do not have that uh, from from anyone in the back line right now. So that would be a huge boon. Switching gears to what was uh, good in this game, that Bezicourt free kick. Yes, Velo uh, did everything that he had to do and made sure that he, he battled with his man to uh, get his head to it and, and keep the shot on target. But that the bend on that free kick was just beautiful. And the placement, it was in no man's land. The keeper can't come off the line to come grab it uh, because of the way that it was it was curling in. And it it made it so that uh, it, it was it was like in football when uh, you know the quarterback will go for the corner uh, when it's a short down on the goal line. 
Like you send it up, it's a receiver and a cornerback. Someone's going to win that battle. In this case, uh, Florian did a great job of getting his head to it. Uh, and they answered right back. So it was one, one, it looked like, okay, this is going to be the classic, uh, Rochester, New York game where, uh, the two teams kind of score on top of each other. And then a whole lot of, uh, not nothing exactly, but a lot of kicking <laughs> and physical play in the middle, kind of ugly stuff, a lot of turnovers, ball going back and forth. That's exactly what we got, uh, from this. Uh, of course, Rochester does, uh, pull it out in the 68th minute off of kind of a weird deflection that they, they turn into a counter opportunity. And again, uh, Graf uh, is largely responsible for this, for recognizing that and Dom is not following him. He peels off of his run and uh, shifts to the right side of the box. I don't remember who played the ball into him, but uh, it allowed him to, to run in essentially unabetted. Evan Loro is forced to come out and, and try to stop things. And he just Rafa Diaz. Uh, squ- he squared it. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Rafa Diaz. And he squared it across and uh, easy tapping goal. It was a bit lazy, a bit unfocused, and you know all the things that we just talked about. Yeah, and, that, and that's going to be um, you know we're going to talk about the playoffs in a bit. But uh, if, if they can get focused somehow, this this is the thing about this team. There's such a tremendous amount of talent, and I will never say that this team is not overflowing with it. Mm-hmm. But, but they, they're young. They, they they're young and they beat themselves. Uh, last year, I, I you know they had that confidence all year long where they were able to ride it to one of the most impressive US, uh, USL seasons ever. But they they really need to come up with that as they head into Charleston because they just have not been able to do that on the road. Rochester probably is the worst place to end the season for them. Yeah. It's the worst place for anyone yeah. any USL team to end the season at because that team is so freaking good. Um, in in that stadium, what's it called now? Capelli Sports Stadium, I think. Yeah, um, I, I can't follow the the changing names yeah. of sports. I, I, I keep calling it Salem Stadium. Just, uh, just to throw that. It's out. normally. Yeah, they, to they, be fair to them, it's normally draw. empty. Yeah, um, and it's not just that they're huge draws. It's it's that um, that stadium was built with the idea that there might one day be an MLS team there, and that never happened. So. You know, e- e- even if they put five K in there, they want to move there, maybe. <laughs> oh. Oh, shots fired. Sorry. Can we get get into that later? We can get into that later. Uh, I feel from an Austin standpoint. I feel awful for that (laughs) that face. But go on. Horrible. Let's talk about this team still. Yeah, they. uh, Yeah, that's just it. You know, I I think that they're gonna. um, I I think that, and John Walnick has said this too. uh, There are times where I think you can sometimes criticize his post games, Mm -hmm. but if you if you think about what he's dealing with in regards to the type of talent and trying to get them to do what they do, um, I think he's he's being very well tempered and doesn't want to come down too hard on them, but at the same time understands what he's dealing with. Um, And and they they did play well for, for stretches of this game, but just click off and if they cannot click off against Charleston next week I think they have a very good chance to win um because moving forward they're confident they're doing everything they need to do the problem is they're just surrendering goals okay fair enough um all right uh let's talk about man of the match who you got oh Rafa Diaz for that penalty save that was that was clutch that was great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a gorgeous save. Plus, he had the rebound there, too, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill? I'm going to have to give it to Florian Velo with that header. And okay. Bezencourt. 
Yeah, I'm going like to give it to the guy me. who served that up. I'll give it to Vincent Bezicourt. Uh Very, very nice. He was a little bit sloppy in his uh, in his buildup uh, throughout the night, but I'm I'm usually okay with a playmaker kind of you know running uh, between about 65 and 85 percent uh, of their passes complete because they have to try things and have to try to open things up, uh, and he fell squarely within that. So I'll I'll give it to him. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on, uh, let's let's talk about year-end awards. Um, obviously, this is a little bit of a step down from last season and the way that mm. they kind of steamrolled everything, but I, I think we should still recognize uh, the top performers. Uh, let's start with Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Bill, I'll let you start. I'm going to have to pick one of your favorites, Joe, for this one. Uh, Andrew Tenari is, is my pick. Okay. Uh, I think that that's very fair. I was going with someone on the back line, but I think that you know a lot of their defending did start uh, higher up in the field, and and Tenari was a big part of that. Anthony, I'm going to go as much as I've criticized him, Jordan Scarlett, because before he came into that team, they were in shambles in the back. I very much agree, and I'm going to split that award uh, with another guy that absolutely helped lock down the back line with his inclusion and that was Noah Powder. I thought that he had an excellent uh second season with the team. I know that um last year he kind of had to keep dropping in and out because of international call-ups and so forth. Uh but once he kind of settled down that left back spot, a lot of the problems they had on the counter kind of started to evaporate. And I think I, was... Wait, I have a quick question for you, Joe. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm not not going to argue your pick of Noah Powder, but one thing I will say is wingbacks. Mm-hmm. I know that they're on the back line, but do you really consider them defenders? Defenders. The, the, I think obviously the trend in world football is to make them more like midfielders, um, mm-hmm. but uh, they do have to have some defensive ability for me to really. Uh, I think about them as good solutions. Um, Danny Alves is not one of those kinds of players. Even you know, no matter how good he is, say that again. <laughs> no matter how good he is offensively, he is not the kind of guy that I want having to um, defend in a one-on-one situation. And that's not how I feel about Noah. I think that uh, he does a very good job of of kind of keeping guys uh, from creating dangerous opportunities. You should email him, find his information, and tell him that in the same sentence you talked about Danny Alves. Because <laughs> I'm sure he would love that. I'll tell you what, because love it. Uh, just you know, from a um, like a scale model uh, in terms of the offensive output that that Powder brings, I, I think that they could be in the same conversation. You know. Uh, but Ooh, be careful. Look, I said scale model, right? So I'm not talking about their one to one equal. I think that you know, if you continue, he plays ex- in Paris now. That's kind of like the USL. <laughs> if you continue to extrapolate their abilities up to where Alves is, I think you know that would be a natural progression for someone like Noah Powder. But I think he's a much better defender. Anyway, um. Did I insult European football enough? I think we can move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I don't think we have too many Paris fans, but who knows? Uh, oh, oh, wait. Never mind. We've got those. Uh, we've got two well, Frenchmen in the team. Way to go, Anthony. Since, you blew it. Since Ibra left, everybody is uh, moving away from Paris football. Wait, was was Velo, um from PSG's uh, academy? Um, I 
don't remember to be honest. Or was he? Or was it Monaco? I can't. He was from one of their academies. I'm gonna look that up. I quick, feel like yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm also on the lookout. I feel like yeah. It was. Oh, he was. He. Yeah, he was both. from PSG. He did PSG yeah. and Monaco. Yep. Okay, well, Monica won the league last year, so there you go. <laughs> okay, let's move on before we get ourselves in trouble <laughs> with more players on the team. Uh, rookie of the year. I'll start with you this time, Anthony. Uh, oh, man. Um, mm, uh, that's a good one. I'm going to go with David Najem. David Najem is definitely not a rookie. Well, but th- wasn't this the first year that he had a New York Red Bull 2 contract? No, he signed last season. He was not an oh, academy been player. Late last season. Never mind. Then I have to pick uh, another person. Oh, goodness. Go to Bill. Okay, Bill. <laughs> Rookie of the year. <laughs> I'm going to go to Anthony. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Evan Loro. Okay. I think Loro did a good job. Um, certainly ended a lot better than I think he started. He definitely got better as the season progressed. Yes. And, uh, yes. Yeah. 18 games. Anthony, you ready yet? This is like I'm gonna a- go with yeah I know I'm, I'm gonna go with Andrew Tenari on this since he's a team rookie. Um, I, I think that he came up big originally. As, also, I was looking at um, who I picked. I was gonna put Aaron Basulovich, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think that Tenari in midway through the season really kind of uh, replaced him in a yeah. lot of ways and continues to play really well. Yeah, I, I still think Basulovich is someone who further up the pitch. Uh, will be you know a big part of this team, and you know if his development continues, maybe the first team at some point. Um, but yeah, no, Andrew Tenari, what a revelation! <laughs> we talked. I I can't say enough good things about the guy. I'm not going to go on about it here. Uh, okay, uh, the goalkeeper of the year. I guess we know Bill's answer to this, but w- let's start. Uh let me guess, Evan Laurel. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, uh, if you had the choice, okay, you were going to keep one of these players, Brandon Allen or Evan Loro, who do you keep? Ooh. Ryan Mira. Oh, good answer. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, moving on to Anthony, goalkeeper of the year. Who you got? That's so good. That was great. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Rafa Diaz, actually. I think that despite the fact that he at times seemed like he was losing his spot, mm-hmm. he would come back, be very calm and collected. <laughs> was that the end of your thought or did we lose you? <laughs> oh, we lost oh, you a little bit. Oh, wait, okay. he's breaking he's up. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. You said uh, this is what we got. He At times he'd be very calm and collected. Oh, okay. You know, I, I you know a whole lot after that. Um, what what I was saying was uh, he was he's calm and collected, and then he was also better with the ball in his hands. I think mm. uh, Loro at times seemed to allow a lot of rebounds or yeah. seemed to have butterfingers uh, at times, which left some of his defenders wondering what to do with the ball. Rafa Diaz seemed a little bit better in those scenarios. Yeah, I I, I think that. Um, both those guys are, are worthy. I still think that Diaz took a step back this year. Um, I thought that last season he looked like he was the sure thing for, for number two. Uh, well, for number one for this year, I mean. And was not sold at all on Evan Loro at the beginning of the season. And then by the end of the season, I thought that he had done a really good job. Um, is he perfect? Absolutely not. Um, he still has a long way to go in terms of 
of kind of getting up to speed. Um, but I, I like the progression that he's had. I think, uh, you know, Diaz continues to do what we, what we expect, uh, from him, but I don't see the growth the way that I saw from Evan this year. So I'm going to give it to Evan. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Uh, and then MVP, you want me to start with you, Anthony? You want me to go to Bill? Do you need time? No, to you start with me. Okay. No, no, no. I got it. This one I got from off the bat. <laughs> it's Stefano Bonomo because when he came in, uh, they went from not I mean, look. This year started with Brandon Allen on the bench for Red Bulls, and they did not know who that striker option was going to be. They tried so many guys: Junior Flemings, Florian Velo. When Stefano Bonomo came in, he became the striker, the main target, and he has lived up to it, in my opinion, and is going to be a really key factor to their playoff run. And I think, interestingly enough, I mean... Stefano. I'm sorry, Stefano Bonomo. Stefano, yes. It looked like Douglas Martinez was going to be the guy, and Stefano came in, and he he, he, knocked, he locked down that spot. Uh, Bill, who do you got? I got to agree with Anthony on this one, Stefano Bonomo. Stefano. 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 It's Stefano. Stefano. Darn it. Uh, I am in no position to uh, say anything because I say Stefano all the time. Uh, but Stefano. You know who I'm going Stefano. with. Stefano. Because, yes, uh, Bonomo came in and did a bang up job. Like Alex Mule. And think Mule. 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 Although, uh, uh, very quickly, Marsh called him Mule in the press conference. <laughs> He did. He just called him uh, anyway, uh, you know, I, almost, I, I turned to you and I almost started cracking up. Like, and I was like, I can't laugh. Like, I'm about to ask a question, which is why I stuttered a little bit in my question because so I was funny. trying not to laugh because I think so he funny. called a mule. Uh, but it should come as no surprise to you. The guy that I think there there were a number of players that came in and really helped change the fortunes of this team. But the guy I think that was most critical to that. Rookie of the year, Andrew Tenari. What a great job he's done. And again, you know, he he was not going to be a central midfielder. He was either a wing back or, or or a winger. We talked to him on this show about, you know, those are his positions and where he feels most comfortable. He got thrust into the role and he uh, blossomed, I would say, as the season went on. I've really liked what we've seen from him defensively. He's starting to become a, a more offensive player as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that he's got a, a pretty high ceiling at this level. Uh, whether or not that he can continue that and maybe you know get himself into the conversation for the first team, I'm not sure. Uh, but at, at USL level, I think, you know, the future is very bright. So, yeah, Andrew Tanari, way to go. You're like the Tanari fan club. I am a huge fan <laughs> of that guy. I'm going to start getting nervous when I talk to him now. Um, oh, yeah. Andrew, I mean, Mr. Tanari, um, I just wanted to ask you, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the way you said that, it made me think of Janet Jackson. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. What? Uh, Mr. Tanari. What? No? Right. I, I, I don't even know. Okay, just just stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then obviously the Golden Boot winner is not even something that we have to give out. Uh, Stefano Bonomo, uh, something what it was, 10 goals and 11 appearances, something like that. Is that right? I'm going to have to fact check that. I, There's three people tied for second many, place. Yeah, was, isn't Brandon Allen one of them? Yeah, he is. He's got nine goals, nine goals and yeah. 15 appearances. <laughs> and that, that guy that guy was banging him in for uh, for this team, even though he made like such a small amount. 
Well, it was, it was a penalty thing. He, Out of appearances. He took Last it. year was definitely a penalty. This year, sure. too. He got a number of penalties this year. I yeah. feel There's like, still goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Whatever, yo. Um... All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out the There's true the answer. Rules. Those I mean, can, ten goals, ten goals and thirteen away. Yeah, but I'm not gonna be like, oh, what an amazing feat. I have to agree with Joe on this one. It's like David Villa last yeah. year, right? That's with golden boot. Yeah, first off, fourteen million goals from penalty kicks. First off, it's David Villa, and David secondly, Villa. it's um. <laughs> it, that, that's a good. That, that's a very good point. But uh, but I mean, no, but there's still goals. I mean, think about how hard the Red Bulls, Red Bull MLS team, has had time uh, putting somebody there that can actually convert. It was Bradley Wright Phillips, and it was Sasha Question. Now it's Danny Royer. It was Gonzalo Verone. Like it, it's not easy to convert penalties. All right, I think that's fair. Uh, and in just in terms of uh, like sort of the raw stats of the Bonomo v Allen. Uh, conversation, I guess, that we're sort of <laughs> Bonomo v. Allen. Yeah. <laughs> In the people versus Bonomo versus Allen, uh, Bonomo was averaging a goal every 99.2 minutes and Allen a goal every 121.1 minutes. Higher conversion rate for Allen, but uh, a, a better strike rate for, for yep. Stefano, the Golden Boot winner. Okay. Uh, we have, uh, I think, stalled on that topic <laughs> for long enough. Let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about the playoffs as a whole, but let, let, first let's start with uh, this match this coming weekend against Charleston Battery. Battery are 15, 8, and 9 on the season. That was good for second place in the East. They are 10, 1, and 5 at home. Ugh. In their last five matches, they are three one. <laughs> yeah, they beat Charlotte twice, which is, I guess, not a big feat right now. Charlotte has been atrocious. They beat Harrisburg. Uh, they beat. Uh, they lost to Orlando City B, and they drew against Ottawa. Their big goal scorers, obviously Romario Williams, who uh, certainly cooled down in the second part of the season, but was all over the field uh, in the first half. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Javier Cordovas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. With nine goals, uh, Michael Chang has been getting it done on the uh, creation side of things. He's got ten assists. Uh, Kataro Higashi has seven, and Justin Portillo with six. Uh, so high flying team. They score a lot of goals. They really do not concede very many. Uh, Odinsel uh, or Odisnell. Oof. That's a terrible name to say, too. Man. Uh, Cooper, 10 clean sheets, third best in the league, 23 goals conceded uh, in 24 appearances. I am I do not have the actual uh, data to you know, pour through everyone's numbers, but I'm I'm positive uh, that hit, that is the best mark in the league in terms of goals against. Um, they played New York twice this year. The first time they won 2-1, to one, or sorry, New York won 2-1 to one in May, back in May, and... Uh, they drew at Charleston 1-1 in a game that I thought that they were the better team. That was one of their best games of the season, actually, up until that point. That was right after Bonomo came back, um, but they failed to get the result. Anthony, what are we going to see in this match? Is there a chance in hell that New York Red Bulls 2 can pull this one out? Yes, there is. There's a, I, I think there's a very good chance that they can win this game. They've played well against Charleston. Charleston is in a similar boat to the Tampa Bay Rowdies, although uh, um, a little bit less so. 
Tampa Bay had a really, really bad run in the middle of the season, uh, as did Charleston. Charleston has not recovered quite as well as they have. Um, if you, you know, results aside, if you watch games, they still look sluggish. They're not necessarily getting the goals that um, they were getting early in the year. Red Bull 2 is younger. They are far more vibrant if they can get their heads together and and put a solid 90 minutes uh, in, in place. I think that they can beat this team. It's going to be hard. Uh, Charleston's only lost one game there all year. But remember last year they were in the playoffs. They were a team that went to extra time often. Mm-hmm. So all they got to do is, you know, make sure they don't concede quite as often and, and they'll be able to get this uh, get this result. My my biggest uh, fear in terms of what might happen in this match, uh, we were just talking a little while ago about how uh, Hassan and Dom has really struggled with uh, attackers who are crafty in their movement, and that certainly is where Mario Williams, he can score from the top of the box, obviously, but where he was uh, making, I think, the, the biggest dent in terms of the goals that he did score uh, were on the, the, the counter side of things, especially on crosses, not unlike a GB fall, and, you know, if the team has struggled in one area this year defensively, uh, that's that's it. That's what we talked about earlier in terms of they turn off and uh, kind of go to sleep for a minute. And now uh, you're down one, maybe two goals in a very short amount of time. Uh, I think I think that this is if there was a team in the East that you know you're going to have to match up against just based on current form. I would feel best about Charlotte, even though uh, they play that counterattack style that really kills the Red Bulls. Uh, but if there's a team that I, I would not want to see, it was it was Rochester. So I guess <laughs> you win some, you lose some. This is a good matchup for them, and I you know I think that there's a possibility that they could take this. But just with the way the battery have played at home, I'm not feeling super confident. Bill, what am I missing? What what should I be looking at that that? Makes this a more I'm looking at the result. fact that uh, New York Red Bulls too have not lost at Charleston this year. Yeah, that's a fair point. I will say situationally, uh, that first win that they had mm-hmm. came during you know the lead up to the the Gold Cup, and they were missing a lot of players. Some players were being rested, uh, and that one one draw uh, came right like I think at the tail end of their slump. Uh, the Charleston slump, that is. So that's where I, I get a little bit worried. But uh, let's throw all that aside. Anthony, let's get a prediction from you. New York Red Bulls to win this one 3-2. to two. Wow, that would be a crazy game. Uh, Bill? New York Red Bulls win 2-1. Not too many goals, but just enough to, to uh, take the victory. Well, here I am. Mr. Uh-oh. Here you we call go. me a troll. You call me a troll. Yeah, Here this you are on a New York Red Bull 2 podcast about to talk about how they're going to lose. A troll is someone who news. says something to make other people fight. That's not what I do. Uh, I am just a very pessimistic person. As as good as they've been over the last two or so months, I'm still not very sold on that. the, the way that the back line is played of late. Um. I just it, you're the Eeyore. You're Eeyore of this group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's so fitting. That's exactly right. Uh, but I I just don't see it happening. This is not their year. Charleston 
is really starting to hit their stride and you know the way that they've been at home it's hard for me to ignore that i'm going to say this is a 2-1 win uh, in extra time for charleston oh oh uh before we move Boo. on from that last yeah, week boo. needing a win right going up against charlotte do you guys are you familiar with what happened yes no. okay <laughs> the a team bus got a flat tire on the way to uh what is it matthew sportsplex or whatever it is sportsplex at matthew i don't know whatever the charlotte stadium is charleston battery team bus gets a flat tire the team takes ubers <laughs> to the stadium to get there in time and they win one nothing <laughs> how much how, how much money in ubers do you think they spent um Let's see. You think they piled in like five each, like put like someone on on like someone else's lap? Well, and they have to, like, the, they to get have, there. They have all the equipment too, so that that would be tough. I think that they would have to get like I don't know what's the like super fancy it's, nice. It's like Uber van or yeah, something. Yeah. I think <laughs> like, they had to yeah. go in a couple of those, uh, and they probably spent I would say under under a thousand dollars for sure on getting everybody there. Uh, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> criticize them. I'm gonna criticize them. They should have used Lyft because uh, they actually um, screen their drivers. Because Uber is a horrible, horrible company. Okay, all right. I I have no dog in that fight. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're 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 a car owner. You're like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did have to. Those I did. Are... Uh, admittedly, I did use Uber uh, what, two weekends ago when I was at that wedding. Um, but you know. Oh, when you were. Uh intoxicated drinking yes uh i was not in the uber <laughs> intoxicated but yes uh, you, were, uh, bah, you were bombed <laughs> no 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 i had people driving me around when i was when i was wasted so that was fun uh were you um were you were you like horizontal in the back seat like telling stories about how much you love everyone no that's not me at all as a drunk <laughs> I don't Eating get, some popcorn. I do, I do not get nice. I'm not a. That's why I don't drink very often. Anyway, oh, I'm a nice drunk. That's not see, that's the big difference. Yeah, I, I could see you being a nice drunk, Anthony. I'm a very nice drunk. Yeah, I. I it's not good. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the playoff <laughs> bracket at large. Uh, yeah, we have kids listening to this. Yeah, exactly. Drinking is stupid. Uh, it's bad for you. Uh, too many calories and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, don't do Drug on milk. <laughs> um, okay, playoff bracket. I'm going to lay out the, the matchups, and then uh, we'll go quick game by game. We'll give predictions through the first two rounds uh, and then the final. I encourage you, uh, Anthony and Bill, to keep track of what picks you're making <laughs> so that the next round makes sense. Or maybe I'll just let you go through the whole bracket how you see fit. Anyway. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> First round matchups, uh, Louisville is going to be taking on Bethlehem Steel. Rochester is taking on Charlotte. So uh, Rochester will be moving on to round two. Um, Tampa Bay (laughs) against uh, Cincinnati. Uh, I believe playoff debutantes, right? They didn't make the playoffs last year, did they? Yeah, no, they did. They they uh they bombed out. They had oh, a uh, right. there was that's an right. upset in the first round. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, and then Charleston against New York Red Bulls. Okay, so I already weighed in on the Charleston one. Uh, but let's talk mm-hmm. about Louisville, Beth Steele. Louisville's coming to this match. They are two one and two. Beth Steele one one and three. Uh, I like Beth Steele at times, but 
uh, they have a similar problem to the Red Bulls. They're very young, inexperienced. They turn off. I'm just not really sold on what they bring to the table. And Louisville has been so good. So I, I imagine they're they're going to take that game. I got this with Louisville winning three to one. Oh, I'm not. It's going to be an e- it's going to be an easy game for them. I don't think we have to give scores, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, Louisville for sure. Bill, yeah, I agree with you guys too. Uh, Bet Steel, I don't think they have a chance in this one. Uh, Rochester, Charlotte. I don't think we have to go over anything else. <laughs> Charlotte's o, o five and O in their last five matches, and it might be even worse than that in terms of how they've been. But anybody picking against uh, Rochester at home? No. No, but, at home, but they're I will just say a this. monster. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I I will say this. So Rochester is the hottest team going into the playoffs right now in the Eastern Conference. They uh, are yeah. they're running on all cylinders. They Defensively, I think they've only allowed one goal in their last six. Uh, one goal per um, – they haven't allowed more than a goal per game in, I think, six or seven games. They're, 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 Bob Lilly's got his guys ready to go. I, uh, there's one other team that is as hot as them right now, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Bob Lilly turned around a, a horrible start to the season to, yeah. you know, what I think might be, uh, one of the best teams in the East right now. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Cincinnati. Tampa Bay is two Oh and three in their last five Cincinnati three, one and one. Uh, they are equals to Rochester in terms of, uh, output, uh, over the last five matches, but they have to travel Tampa Bay. Uh, who you got, Anthony? I got Cincinnati in this. I think they're going to pull off an upset. Okay, Bill. I have Tampa Bay winning since yeah. they're playing at home. I have Tampa they're pretty Bay good too. at home. I picked really boring across the board here because I picked all the home teams to win their games, and of course we already talked about the Charleston match. Okay, round two. I'm just going to let you take over for how the picks that you've made, Anthony. What's going to shake out in round two for you? In round two, um, who did I pick? Wait, so that would put, based on my picks, that would you put picked Louisville, Louisville and Rochester. Louisville and Ro- I picked Louisville, Rochester, and Cincinnati. So that would end up being Louisville and Cincinnati. No, I don't think. Next- do, no. they, do they? No, recede? it'd be Louisville and New York because I picked New York to win. Do, do they so recede that, like that for for USL playoffs? I believe they do. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, no, you know, you're right. They don't. Um, so that would be Louisville and Rochester then. Um, I pick, I pick Rochester to beat Louisville and I pick Cincinnati to beat Red Bull too. I think that's where they go out. Okay. Cincinnati on the road. Uh, Bill. I'm going to agree with, uh, Rochester winning the second round and, uh, I pick Tampa and if Red Bulls win over the weekend, it'll be Tampa Red Bulls and I would pick, Tampa to win, unfortunately. Uh, okay, um, I I picked Louisville and Rochester again. I think Rochester goes through them, uh, in that. They're just they're going to frustrate any team that they come up against. And Louisville's good and all, but uh, I picked Rochester, and then I picked Charleston to beat NYRB. They would host Tampa Bay, and I picked them to move on for a Charleston Rochester conference final. Um, I guess, yeah, go through your, your conference finals. Do you like how so, I threw you? That was good. Yeah, <laughs> Super yeah, professional. You know, like, I guess, know you know, do your thing. Uh, <laughs> um, I picked Rochester to beat Cincinnati in the Eastern Conference Finals, so I'm, I'm picking Rochester to go all the way to the finals. 
I would pick uh, Rochester to beat Tampa, so I'm also going to pick Rochester to go all the way to the finals. Hot damn. We made so many other picks that were against each other, but all three of us picked Rochester going through to the finals. (laughs) We all end up, all roads lead to Rochester. Okay, and I'm not going to I'm not going to go over uh, Western Conference in depth, but uh, tell me who you think is going to emerge from there to be in the the USL uh, finals. Real Monarchs. I think that they are well. The first off, they're the best team in the league this year, and they they just don't know how to lose games. So I'm saying Real Monarchs against uh, Rochester Rhinos in the final. Okay, before we get to your winner, uh, let's move on to Bill. Bill, who's going to come out of the West? Man, it's really hard to say because I haven't been following the West too much, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, San Antonio. Okay, that's a solid pick. They, they've they got a real nice defense. I'm going to pick a dark horse here, guys. Joe's going to pick Phoenix. That's exactly right. I'm picking Phoenix. I think that they're <laughs> going to make the final. They've been really impressive over the last uh, um, you know two months of the season. And across the entire league right now, they are – the hottest team entering the playoffs there for is Drogba no. still playing with Phoenix? He's still there, and he had a, I believe, an assist or a goal in their last match. I can't. Remember. And they got Sean Wright Phillips still, right? Mm-hmm. They do, and Omar Bravo. But uh, no, Omar Bravo is not really on the team. He's training with them, but he's not on the team anymore. It's a, oh, very, <laughs> it's a weird situation. Yeah, I mean, with Drogba, I could see him taking the team all the way to the finals. Just yeah. him alone. Well, it's the young guys who really have been doing it for Phoenix. But okay, yeah, so they have a really good young core. Okay, so you've got uh, Rochester versus uh, Real. Real. Okay, who wins that match? I got the Monarchs on that. I think that they've uh, they've proven enough, and they they would host this game. Mm-hmm. And I think that in, in uh, Rio Tinto, which is where they play currently, I'm pretty sure. Um, I I think that they they have enough to be able to pull that off. Mr. Bill, you've got. Uh, San Antonio versus Rochester. Who wins that match? Uh, I'm going to have to say Rochester. Just have a gut feeling they're going all the way this year. You're darn tootin'. That's exactly who I picked. Rochester Rhinos. They're going to beat uh, Phoenix. I do not think... I think very very much like I did last year that the Western Conference is not anywhere near as uh, as good as the Eastern Conference. We didn't get to see a lot of crossover, but I think the talent in the East is much better than the West. Just, yeah, I mean, look, I, I know, I, I know, we focus, we focus on the Eastern Conference a lot. The Monarchs, I, I've gone out of my way to watch a lot of Monarchs and San Antonio games. Mm-hmm. Man, the Monarchs are a really, really good team. They're, they, they're but, put together well, but they look good against Western Conference. You know, that that's where I get hung up on that. Yeah, well, you know, it's always a coin flip when you get to that point because you just don't know because there's no right. integration between the conferences. Swole Park, I think, was probably the worst last year was the worst representative for the Western Conference, despite the fact that they won to get there. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that they just played into Red Bull 2's hands. Um, I don't think Real plays into Real Monarchs play into anyone's hands quite so easily. They're they're a very adaptable team. Um, they're they still have a little bit of that petty rub on them at the moment, even though um, Real Salt Lake may not be making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, but, uh, yeah. My my thing with everybody in the West is, and I know that there's some uh, teams that you could say are comparable in the East, but uh, not really as bad as Vancouver and Portland were this year. Or Seattle. Uh, yeah, Seattle, LA Galaxy Angeles. two, like yeah. those four teams. Like everybody gets to play them at least twice, 
in the season, and they were atrocious. So I think the numbers are somewhat inflated uh, for how and the West finished, but still. There's a lot more bottoming out, too, in that conference. Um, Sacramento has had an atrocious run of form. Um, you know, Colorado Springs as well. They're not in the playoffs, but they also bottomed out hardcore towards the end of the year, as did Rio, Rio Grande Valley. Uh, Tulsa is not exactly one of the strongest teams in the playoffs, so I, I can understand yeah. that entirely. I, the way that I look at it, so like Pittsburgh and Richmond, they finished 13th and 14th in the East. Uh, Richmond would have finished uh, 12th in the West, and uh, Pittsburgh would have finished 11th. So Still out of the playoffs, so they still, still would have sucked. Still out of the playoffs, but over a number of, of teams. They would be over Rio, uh, RGV, uh, Seattle, LA, Vancouver, and Portland. They would have or if you, look at, if you look at our team, they would have finished right around ninth place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, top of of the, the top of the West was certainly uh, heavier in terms of, uh, of that. But like I say. They were dominant, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I got uh, one more uh, bit to talk about with y'all. Um, what is it, Joe? What do you want? We got, what we type got, of voice is this, Joe? Well, if, if we're going to get into the voice, y'all. I uh, think that we're uh, talking about uh, the the Minnesota accent. <laughs> he was he was kind of a weird fella. Uh, I haven't watched enough Fargo recently to, to really... Were you, were you a fan of Bobby's World growing up? Uh-oh. <laughs> Because the mom, <laughs> yeah, she oh, and a babo, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some good I, minutes I some, minute, for, for those uh, for those fans that are you know. of our age there that remember Bobby's World. Oh, Bobby, don't you know? Uh, anyway, we got we got a couple of questions. Nothing earth shattering, but you know, uh, and we kind of address some of these. Um, Ed Ritter wants to know what kind of Rasta. Or, <laughs> Ed Ritter wants to know what kind of what kind of roster can we expect (laughs) with the heavy rotation that's going to happen with the first team. Jesse Marsh indicated during the week uh, that there's going to be a significant amount of players resting this weekend because they will have to turn around and play again on Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday or whatever those games are. Uh, And you know, there's a possibility that some of these RB two guys are going to be then called upon uh, to take place in the game in DC. which could mean, you know, Vincent Bezicourt, could mean Dan Metzger. Um, Hassan and Dom is certainly someone that could be in the conversation to play in that match. Um, do we think that there's going to be any significant pieces from RB2 playing with RB1, uh, even though there's the, uh, what some would consider a very important playoff match uh, on Saturday? Anthony, what do you think? No, um, I think we're going to see a kind of team that we've seen in the past when they're looking to rest guys um i don't think it's going to be anything too significant uh maybe vincent bezicourt who has spent more time uh, growing more time with the first team might be there but i think you're going to see guys like uh derek Etienne seeing minutes um maybe metzger but metzger has been spending more time with them as well so mm-hmm. it's not like it's the biggest loss in the world if he doesn't start I, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. And Adam, I think, will be playing with Red Bull, too, um, in on, on Saturday. Yeah. I th- Well, yeah, so the, my only question there is uh, how they're going to rotate out the center backs. 
uh, because you're going to obviously want to rest uh, some of those guys. But whatever. Okay. Well, it depends on Colin because the the new rumor that's been going around, and this is the guy I know Jesse Marsh does not like talking about this anymore because he kind of made this this problem himself. Mm-hmm. Is uh, whether or not uh, Colin will be ready. He was he was in a boot on Saturday, but the rumor is he will be off of the boot. So maybe he'll be able to play thirty five yeah, minutes. He's always ready. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Yeah. I can see that. Okay, and uh, last, this was Cincy Soccer Talk. Our friends uh, at Cincy Soccer Talk. Um, love you guys. The podcast is great. We I do love them. They're they're fantastic. Uh, but so their question. This was a really tough one. So uh, I'm going to do my best to articulate this properly. But so dot 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 upset. <laughs> How do we feel? I mean, uh, do in we think regards that, to what <laughs> the, the Red Bull two game uh, against? Oh, well, I mean, we already talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So you believe that there's going to be upset, Bill? You were firmly in the upset camp. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I will say exactly what I said on Twitter, uh, but I'm going to have to look that up to make sure that I get it right. You guys are non-believers. See, that's the problem with you guys. Who's you well, guys? If, I think Bill's if, with if you. Joe was also a non-believer last year when the Rebels two won the cup. It's true. He was. It's he true. Was. It's true because I was, I was like, there's no the way. way. It was no way they're going to beat Rochester. Yep. I I firmly believe that was going to be what killed them. And then once they oh, beat ye, them, I, once they beat them, I felt very good about their chances. Uh, but yeah, um, blah, 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 you're afraid blah. of being let down, Joe. No. You're afraid <laughs> of being let down. Uh, so what I said was they have it in them to beat any of these teams in the Eastern Conference. And I truly do believe that they could beat any of those teams. But uh, the way that Red Bulls two play and the way that the Red Bulls one play and the thing that continued to worry me about the system is that you have to play mistake free. And if they can do that, they have, they have a chance to to repeat. But that is a lot to ask uh, for a young group, and, and I'm not super confident about it. Okay. That takes us to an end of another episode of Raising Bulls. If you want to follow us, you can follow me at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at NYC Soccer World. And I'm at Bill T. NJ. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. You can follow us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com. Yes, the dot com. I, I've continued to tease that we're going to have some news there uh, about uh, some other content maybe appearing there, but uh, nothing to announce for that yet. Uh, you can find us at uh, YouTube.com. We are Raising Bull Podcast. I've uh, been a little bit slacking on getting some stuff up there, but we are going to continue to to put up uh, content hopefully every week. And uh, uh, oh, uh, send us questions every week to questions at raisingbulls.com. That's questions at raisingbulls.com. We will answer uh, any questions that you might have about the team, about the system, about uh, Anthony's trollhood. I think is a I'm not a troll. See, that's exactly what a troll would say. Uh, yeah, hate mail, anything. Anything you want to say to us, you send it to questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at RaisingBulls.com. And, of course, if we read your question, we will send you a sticker. Ed, you've already got stickers, but don't try Ask that. me what I think about Austin on Twitter. Austin? Yeah. USL oh, Austin. Oh, 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 Austin. oh. <laughs> my immediately went. I my mind immediately went to Austin Fido, and I was like, "Well, 
This is about to get really weird. Uh, I gotta close. I know. What are you talking? I don't know. I don't know. It is getting really weird. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Yep. Anyway. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're the one that made this weird. (laughs) Well, you know, we didn't talk about that at all. So very quickly, uh, in a tweet. You don't need to go into it. It's fine. No, I I want to know in a tweet. Like, uh, give me two sentences. How you feel about uh, MLS to Austin? Oh, like right now? Yeah. Right now. Um, don't know if MLS is viable. USL still still need to be proven. Fair, Bill. I don't think it's the right time to go to Austin. Not with this team and the way they're doing it. Yeah, that that to me is the big thing. F the way this is being handled. This is worse than uh, I can't. Uh, I can't think of another. Uh, team or announcement in MLS that has caused so much ear that has been handled worse than this. Okay. Uh, uh, well, um, what, what was it? San, um, San Jose moving to Houston? Even that. I, I didn't think it was... That was pretty bad. It was bad, but not this bad. This yeah. was awful. They yeah, did this after season ticket drive, Anthony. This is Wimbledon FC bad. Uh, okay. No, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Anyway. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. You can find us at uh, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Podbean.com, yeah, pretty Google, much. Play. Google Play. Thank you. Anywhere uh, that you get your podcast, we're there for you. Find us, rate us, review us. It means everything, and it really does help, guys. It does. Uh, as we draw to the end of another season, thank you so much for tuning in every week. Uh, for Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, and myself, Thank you very much and have a good night.